going to go ahead and get started. So my name is Christine Flip from the Data Incubator, and this is a talk on how to launch your data science career. Okay. So like I said, my name is Christine Plitt, and I'm the Vice President of Operations and Educational Services at Pragmatic Institute and the Data Incubator. And so I want to start off on a personal note, and I want you all to know that I'm very passionate about seeing STEM professionals progress in the workforce and in the field of data science, and I'm so impressed by all of you. Now, more than ever, we're seeing the importance of data science during the COVID-19 pandemic. So the world has nowhere else to turn for answers, and there's so much uncertainty, and so it's data science models that decisions are being based off of. That's pretty remarkable. So part of my role includes executive oversight of the Data Incubator Fellowship and Placement Programs, and I will tell you more about that in a bit, but it's important to note that while our fellowship program has a robust educational and technical component, it's our expansive hiring partner network and career readiness experience that makes me well-equipped to speak to you here today. And it looks like I have our um, responses. So what's your educational background? So most people have graduated, it looks like. So that's good, congratulations on that. And it looks like where everybody's currently located is pretty much um, spread out across the world. We have some folks on the East Coast, uh, West Coast, less people in the Midwest, and then some people not located in the United States. So um, thanks for getting up early or staying up late, depending on what time it is where you're at. And then it looks like you guys heard about us primarily from email and that most of you have not applied for the data incubator program, but that's okay. You still have a, a chance to do that. So thank you for that. Again, it helps us learn um, who we are speaking to so that we can put out better content. Okay. So for each of our four sessions annually, our recruitment and career readiness team reviews literally thousands of resumes and applications that are submitted by STEM professionals like yourself. And these are people who are looking to transition out of academia into a successful career in data science. So I wanna thank you for joining me here today. We put together some tips and tricks that will help you on your way to achieving your career aspirations as a data practitioner. Okay. First, I want to say that you can easily do a Google search on how to get a job, and you're going to be flooded with information. And it can be very challenging when you have all this information overload to filter through all the information that's out there and decipher what really resonates and makes an impact. So in preparation for this presentation today, our team put our heads together and came up with the top five proven and tested steps that you can take to launch your career in data science. And number one out of everything on this list is to make sure that you have the technical skills. Unlike some jobs out there, we've heard the phrase, fake it till you make it, that does not work in data science. In fact, what we see is very common that the graduates of our program are given technical assessments by our hiring partners before they're even invited to interview with the actual hiring manager. Number two, your resume is your first opportunity to sell yourself. As a hiring manager myself, I can tell you that if a candidate can't clearly articulate their skills to me via their resume, they're out. Number three, it can be very challenging, particularly in a technical role, to make the connection between the science and the practical business application. Many times I have seen that students in our program really struggle to articulate how their data project could be applied in a business setting. This is really unfortunate because some of the companies and the the projects that we work on would really be able to save or make businesses millions of dollars. It's really important that you are able to speak to this. Keep an open mind at number four. So sometimes all you need is that first company to take a chance on you so that you can 
get some work experience under your belt. You don't have to stay at a job forever. And your first job is just your tipping off point. And then last but not least at number five, be confident. So that might sound trite, but this is a huge factor in getting a job offer or multiple job offers, which is what you want. So before we do a deep dive into the five steps, I'll tell you a little bit more about who we are and what we do. Okay, so the Data Incubator is an eight-week data science bootcamp for STEM postgraduates. We run our cohorts four times a year, both online and in-person, obviously when we're not in pandemic mode in person. Um, you might be familiar with a handful of other data science boot camps out there. There's a lot of them. But what makes TDI very different from the rest is that our program is completely immersive and hands-on. So we take the theory out of it, and you're going to be focusing on real-world problems and data sets using live code. So in addition to that, we have an expert career search team that assists with resume services and interview prep that really helps our graduates when they're trying to land a job as a data scientist once they leave our program. So if you're interested in learning more, you can check us out on our website, or please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I always love getting new connections. Um, we're also going to be dropping a link to our fall cohort application, um, which is currently open. We just did early admissions, and we're now moving on to our regular admissions, so we still have a few weeks if you wanted to apply. So we'll drop that in the chat at some point. Okay, so now that you know who we are and what we do, let's get down to it. So the first and foundational step to jumpstarting your data science career is building out your data science toolbox. Like I mentioned before, you really cannot wing it with your technical skills if you want to hold a job longer than maybe three days as a data scientist. So one of the really cool things about the field of data science is that it's ever-changing. So this means that you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments in the field so that you can remain a step ahead of the competition. Take the time to connect with others in the field and grow your network. Participating in this webinar today is a great step in the right direction. Maybe you can find some time to connect with the other attendees after this and ask them what professional groups they associate with. That's a great way to start building your network. We've all heard that building a professional network is important, but I want you to think about it this way. You are currently at the precipice of a career path that's about to explode. It's highly likely that data scientists in your network, who are the pioneers today, are going to become leaders in the industry in short order. So it goes without saying that it's helpful to make as many connections as you can now. Also, if you're able to, take data science classes to keep your skills sharp. There's a wide range of classes available, that, like immersive programs like ours at TDI, or shorter classes that focus on microlearning. There's a ton of content out there. When you aren't taking classes, take advantage of all the free content that exists. There's webinars, newsletters, podcasts. We actually have a podcast, so you can check it out. And in fact, this talk is our first in our TDI summer series. So each Wednesday through the end of the month, we'll be giving out pertinent talks that you should definitely check out. You can sign up for that. But let's go back to podcasts for a second here. I'm always impressed by the people who drop an interesting tidbit that they picked up in a podcast during a conversation. And what I really love about podcasts is that you can listen to podcasts while you are literally doing anything, like walking your dog, for example. You know, so for me, I really hate unloading the dishwasher. It's the worst. But I start listening to podcasts while I do it, and it makes it less horrible, even slightly so, but still horrible, but it's better. So basically, you have no excuse not to. You can brush up on your skills while you're getting things done. Easy. 
So once you've acquired some new data science skills, you can put them to the test by solving tasks on data sets like through sites like Kaggle, HackerRank. This really gives you an opportunity to showcase your skills that will help get you hired. So we have actually have an exciting Kaggle challenge that our alumni instructors are working on. And what they're doing is they're working with the COVID-19 data set that was put out by the White House, which is pretty neat. So save the world, show off my skills, land a great job. It sounds like time well spent to me. And then lastly, look for conferences like O'Reilly that really pack a one-two punch. You can master new skills while you're expanding your network. This way you can make the best use of your time. Okay, so now that you know how to sharpen your skills and expand your network, the next step is really having a killer resume. So this is easier said than done when you're trying to propel your career as a data scientist, particularly when you're just starting out and the bulk of your experiences in academia. If this is the case for you, some of your experience is just not going to translate to people outside of academia. So unless you can make sure that it is clear and easy for them to understand. So oftentimes the first person that's gonna be reviewing your resume is non-technical. This is especially true for roles at very large companies. You wanna make sure that your resume conveys your expertise and qualifications at the first glance to anyone whose desk it comes across. So whether that's the HR coordinator or the VP of data science. All right, now let's talk about CVs. And I'm looking at all of you PhDs out there on this one. So unlike a resume that lists your work history, your experience and overview of your skills and education, a CV is far more comprehensive. And this is great when you're defending your dissertation, but it is far too detailed for any job outside of a university looking for teaching staff. So I suggest doing some research and potentially investing in hiring a high quality resume writing service. Um, this is actually something that we um, have a partnership with an exclusive um, top resume service for our, in our program, and it really makes a huge difference. But just make sure that when you're looking for one that they have experience working on technical resumes because this is really the differentiator here. And so you can look for samples and look for reviews to make sure that they're qualified. The cost ranges typically between $100 to $500 for a resume rewrite, but most services, if they're good, they'll offer a consultation with you to make sure that your experience is accurately represented. In every single one of our cohorts, we have a handful of people that leave off really important details about work experience or something project that they've worked on off their resume because they don't perceive it as being relevant, but it, in fact it is. And so that's why having an outside company or third party assist you with your resume can make sure that you aren't leaving off anything of value that might land you that interview. Also, a lot of companies use what's called an applicant tracking system to screen resumes. And what they look for is keywords that are applicable to the job. So make sure your resume doesn't get screened out before it's reviewed by an actual human. You wanna spend some time customizing each resume and cover letter that you send out. You can even pull out some of the keywords um, and terms from the job description into your resume to ensure that it gets flagged in the system as a great match. And so above all else, when you're thinking about your resume, just remember that hiring partners are reviewing hundreds of resumes, especially right now. Make sure that it's visually appealing and professional. We have included a link on the slide that we're actually gonna drop in the chat at some point before the end of this um, to some sample resumes that we have worked on and we have the best resume team. So this should help get you started. Okay, so a really great first step in creating a standout resume is making sure that it's very well organized. So based on feedback from our hiring partners over time, you wanna start out with your technical experience first. 
You don't have to go into extreme detail, just make sure it is clear and concise. And then after your technical experience, you're going to want to list your work experience if you have any. You can weave in some examples of how you applied in your technical skills, how you applied your technical skills throughout your work experience wherever it's applicable. And then while you definitely want to include your academic experience, you want to make sure that you stick to the most important relevant components. So, you know, um, coursework, teaching experience, your dissertation title. You want to shy away from highly specific information, like the names of your academic advisors. Nobody wants to talk to them. Your GPA, even if it was really, really good, that's great, but you don't need to include it. And then also any extreme detail about your dissertation. So if anybody has questions about your dissertation, they can ask you, or you can save it for some water cooler chat after you get the job. It will make you very popular at work. And again, take the time to customize your resume for each job to help you set yourself apart and stand out. Okay, so let's say you took all of our advice and your resume is a stunner. Imagine that it gets expedited from HR to the desk of the hiring manager with a note that's saying, you have got to see this one. This is the person for the job. Your time, energy that you've invested in bolstering your skills shines through on your resume. You have your foot in the door. Now what? Well, the next step is showing the hiring manager that not only do you have the necessary skills to do the job, but that you know how to apply them. Like I mentioned earlier, not everyone who can write amazing code knows what to do with it and why it matters. So more often than not, you've already worked on projects in your academic career that are relevant to solving many business problems. However, what we see very frequently is that many of these projects are lacking context. Make it easy for the hiring manager to connect the dots. You received a prestigious scholarship? That's great. Expand on that. Just like an example on the side of the screen. If you worry about sounding too boastful, reframe it in your mind and see it as helping them see you as clearly the very best person for the job. They should hire you Im immediately. You're doing them a favor and you're actually making their job easier. Right? It's a lot of work to interview people. So if you're really stumped and you're unable to see how your experience working on a project could apply in a business setting, tap into somebody in your network. It should be very, very easy for a business person to spot the connections right away. And then lastly, put all of these efforts that you took to upskill into your resume to show the depth and breadth of your experience. So a really great example of how to showcase your skills and business application is the capstone project that our students work on during our program. So they spend months working on and refining both the technical code base and the presentation of the capstone to appeal to our hiring partner. What this does is it allows individuals that have very little experience outside of academia the opportunity to really flex their technical muscle using a real data set. And so once they get the technical side down, they start working on the business application of it. And so by the end of the program, our graduates are able to speak articulately and in detail to any technical or non-technical person, that's important, about their capstone project and the value proposition as it applies to the business context. But here's the good news, you don't have to be in your program, although we'd love to have you, to work on your own capstone project. So if you know that you're interested in working as a data scientist in a specific industry like healthcare, for example, Look for an applicable data set and start working on your own capstone project. This would read as being very proactive to a prospective hiring manager. And then we also have a link on this slide that we can drop into the chat so that you can check out some of the public data sets that we recommend to get you started. 
Okay, so taking the idea of the capstone project a step further, let me walk you through a couple of example topics. Impact of e-commerce on brick and mortar retail. Okay, that might be really helpful to a company that's deciding whether to expand their brick and mortar footprint. If you as a data scientist are able to model the expected profitability of the brick and mortar expansion versus e-commerce sales, you might be able to help the company avoid entering into a costly lease or you can predict that the investment would be worthwhile. Very, very, very helpful and useful. A website that helps you find a movie for your date night. Okay, so again, that's just helpful. And I am sure that the film industry would be very happy to match people with their new blockbuster release. Connecting seniors with ride sharing services. Okay, so talk about an untapped market and a solution that helps a lot of people. I can see many ways that this could help a lot of different parties and make them a ton of money. You know, you have Uber, Lyft, medical practices. And for those of you that have an altruistic side, insights into global economic inequality to predict which countries are on the verge of collapse. Wow. So these are just a few examples to get the wheels spinning in your head. And all of this to say that you can begin demonstrating your experience and jumpstart your career before you even land a job. Okay, I, I want what I'm about to say, really, I want you guys to take a moment to let it sink in, all right? It's rare to land your dream job as your first job, but the experience you gather from the jobs you do get will get you closer to that dream job. All right, so it's easy to read this and agree that it makes sense, but this is where I have seen so many people falter and walk away from actual live job offers willing to pay them actual real money when they don't have any because the job doesn't fit their expectations of their dream job. So my intent is not to make you become disillusioned, but I want to help you set realistic expectations. You can get your dream job. Absolutely you can, but it might not be your first job and that's okay. So you heard it here first folks, it's okay. Don't forget it. So to help keep your mind open, remind yourself of the following when you're thinking about it. You'll never regret taking an interview. It's great practice. So maybe you don't think that an opportunity is a great fit for you, but at the very least, it's an opportunity to practice in a low risk setting. You don't think you want the job, so you really have nothing to lose. You'll learn more about yourself so you can promote and position yourself better. You know, you start to say things a few times and you start to develop a flow. You'll learn more about what you want in a data science career, sometimes by figuring out what you don't want. You'll learn about companies you hadn't considered before and maybe you can find a new passion. Getting your first job is hard, especially in the current economic climate. There's no denying that. But what can help you is being flexible in location industry you know, maybe you can't imagine living anywhere outside of where you are now, and trust me, I get that. But the more flexibility you have, the more likely you will be to get a job offer. Every job gives you valuable experience you can add to your resume. You never know what you're going to learn from each job. It's easier to find a different job when you already have one. Not only will you feel more confident in an interview when you already have a job, the stakes just are not as high. And the hiring manager will perceive this as well. You're no longer just a newbie looking for your first chance. You've already checked that box. And the experience will be worth it. 
you're going to learn what you do and don't like in a work environment. Each job you have is more experience leading you towards your dream job. I'll tell you this. A lot of students come into our program saying that they want to work at one of the things, so Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google, okay? What we tell them is that many of our alumni are working at companies like Apple and Facebook today, like they're there right now, but we didn't place them there. They got there after saying yes and getting their foot in the door somewhere else first. I have seen more data scientists hem and haw over their first job offer than most people do before they decide to get married. Remember, this is your first data science job. It's not your last. You're not making a lifelong commitment. It's okay. All right, so at this point, if you followed all of our steps, you have the right credentials and skills, your resume is in tip-top shape, and you understand that you can articulate how your data science experience applies in a business setting. So if you've gotten to this point and done all of those things, you put in a lot of work. You should be very proud of that and feel very confident in your abilities. When a company hires you, they want to be confident in the decision to offer you the job. This confidence has to come from you. You don't have to meet every single qualification in a job description. That's a wish list. And typically, that person doesn't exist anywhere in the world. So a perfect example of this is the American rapper Kanye West. So some of you may have heard that he has decided to run for President of the United States. Did he let his lack of qualification stand in the way of applying for a job that he is perhaps underqualified for? Nope, sure didn't. So please don't worry about being 100% qualified for every job you apply for. Your confidence can and will make up for gaps in your resume. If you're confident that you can rise to the occasion and learn what you need to learn, that's enough a lot of the time. We've all come across people that have unshakable confidence and it is so inspiring. I love confident people. They have a spark in them that motivates me to step out of my comfort zone and try things I didn't think I was capable of. You've worked hard, you deserve the job, you're confident that you can learn and master all aspects of your role, start acting like it. Okay, and so now, you know, what, how else can you um, invest in yourself? Take inventory of what investments you can make. Outside of your peer network, which we've discussed, you can also get certified. There is nothing like an extra credential to boost your confidence. Look at job postings to see what credentials companies are looking for and go after it. Actually, at Pragmatic Institute, we offer a variety of data science certifications that you can pick up in a short span of time if you don't want to do a more immersive program. Look for programs that give you practical experience that you can apply right away in your new job. Knowing that your skills are cutting edge, you should feel confident that you can start making an impact on day one. And if you're going to invest time investing in yourself, do your research and don't be afraid to ask for stats on employment post-completion. Again, you have to be ready and willing to advocate for yourself. All right, so you all know that we've been doing this for a long time here at the Data Incubator, and we've had many, many conversations with people who are deciding whether a career in data science is the right move for them at that time. So not to oversimplify it, because this is a huge life-changing decision, but I'm gonna go through a list of the most common roadblocks and concerns that our students face when they're deciding if it's the right time to take a leap and pursue a career in data science, either through our program or other avenues. All right, so first, you need to consider your lifetime earning potential in your current career path, so versus a career as a data scientist. A big concern that people have is the financial aspect of quitting their job for our program 
Um, luckily, when our program is delivered online, we don't require that students quit their job, but it's always helpful to have that dedicated time. But the good news is that there are currently 100,000 jobs for data scientists unfilled today. There is a huge skills gap that exists. This is a booming career path that's just in its infancy. So think about how much you can realistically earn on your current path and then crunch the numbers. In most cases, our students find that there's tremendous upside as a data scientist, and it just doesn't make sense for them not to invest in themselves to become one. All right, now I'm gonna to speak to you about probabilities. You should all understand this if you're looking for a career as a data scientist. And one of the reasons why we have data scientists in the world today is to help us decipher things that are not black and white, that are more abstract. However, we always get questions from applicants asking for the exact percentage of chance, the chance that they will land a job, like they wanna know the exact number. And so I'm gonna tell you right now, getting a job is not black and white. So look at it in terms of probabilities. You have direct control over increasing your probability of landing a job. Are you open to multiple industries? Is your location flexible? Are you going to take full advantage of the career resources that are available to you? Will you be proactive in throwing your hat in the ring for opportunities as they come up? So let's say you say yes to all of these things. You know, your p-value using statistics here of getting a job offer is statistically highly significant. So will you get a job? Probably. That's a small stats joke for you there. Hope you enjoyed it. Lastly, we do offer a lot of, a number of tuition um, free spots to a percentage of highly qualified applicants in our program. However, for the vast majority of people that apply, we do offer a variety of financing options so that they can pay for the tuition. And so it can be really hard you know, to come up with any sum of money, especially when you're making a career transition. But we do have a variety of options that can help with that, make the transition easier. So for example, a great option is an ISA, income sharing agreement, which doesn't require that you pay anything until you actually have a job and you're earning over an income threshold. And so there's not as much risk there. And unlike a traditional loan, you're able to take advantage of that without any compounding interest rate over time. So there's lots of good options for you there. And you know, it's hard right now with the pandemic that we're facing, but another thing too is that this is an additional credential that you can uh, put another feather in your cap to give you an edge over the competition. So investing in yourself, even if it's during a pandemic, is always a good thing. There's always upside, especially in this field of data science that's growing. And with that, we've reached the end of our time together today, but I hope that you were able to leave here with some helpful takeaways and I wish you the very best of luck in launching your data science career. And like I said, please reach out to me via email or LinkedIn if I can be of any help to you. Hopefully we'll see some of you in our program and thank you for your time. We're gonna, I guess, answer some questions here. Um, also, I wanna encourage everybody, if you do have questions, you can post it in the chat or the Q&A section and I will we'll answer them and also read them to Christine. Uh, they can be anything about your own personal experience and any insight you might want to ask her about transitioning into data science, uh, to our program, um, to anything on data science training or fellowship side. Um, she's the guru, so she's help, happy to answer them. So please feel free to post those. Um, Here's one from Vishal, Christine. We have... Uh, they were wondering why you don't recommend putting the GPA on their resume. 
I think that that is just a lot more information than that than is required. And so, you know, outside of academia, people are looking for your skills as they apply to the job. And so it's just not relevant in this context. But again, it's awesome if it was good, it's good for you. Um, Christine. Um, oh. oh, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, for the people that have already applied for your fall uh, mm -hmm. session, they're, and they're waiting to hear back, when do they think uh, they mm -hmm. should be able to get a response? So our team um, for early admissions just went through and did resume review. And so in the next uh, day or so, we're going to be sending out um, spots to interview. And so the interview window is actually pretty short. So make sure you sign up for one. Um, and, you know, this is where you'll go ahead and present your capstone proposal um, project that you've worked on. Great. Richard is asking, in general, the capstone project has to be a business application as, to as opposed to being relevant to academia. Is that your advice here, Christine? So I think that you can work on any type of capstone project proposal that motivates you, but I think that what we've seen the most success is something that solves a business problem and something that's, that somebody can see and translate how that might apply to their business. So while it doesn't have to be completely relevant to anybody's particular business, just showing that you can think like a business person and you have the technical skills to back them that up is huge and it's going to give you um, leverage above the competition. Awesome. Um, one more question, Christine. Uh, how does your program compare to the Insight Data Science Fellowship Program? Yeah, so um, Insight is one that comes up a lot for us when people are looking at making um, a decision between our program or the other program. Um, I think for us, what we do that is different from Insight that I think is um, gives us an edge is that our students are working on many projects every week. And so while at Insight, you're working on one uh, particular project for the duration of the program, you know, they walk out of there with a really beautiful functioning app, but it's their, their scope and understanding of data science is very limited. So um, let's say that your project is on natural language processing. That's what you're focusing all your time on, where at, in our program, with those weekly mini projects, you're, you're getting your skills sharpened in every area. And then you're also working on your capstone. So it's kind of like um, an area of concentration, if you will. So very well-rounded. And then we also have a really um, great business acumen aspect to our program so that when you leave, you have that well-rounded experience. And we have the best instructors too. Awesome. Somebody's asking about what the process looks like to apply to our program. You want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I do. So, like I said, our application is open right now for our fall cohort. And so, uh, did we drop the link in the chat, Erica? I just did. Okay, perfect. So, what you'll do is you'll go um, and apply on our website, but there are a couple of steps. So, first, you complete a very simple um, application. I believe it's only three simple pages, just kind of going in your, about your background. You do have to have a master's degree or a PhD to be considered. Um, and that you need to be close to the end of your program so that you're graduating soon because a lot of hiring managers don't want to wait for people to finish up a year of school. So if you fit the bill with that, then that's great. So then your application is processed by us and then you're moved on to our coding challenge. And this is where we're really able to kind of see how your technical skills measure up. And then once you complete that, there is a 
uh, part of the application where you complete a project proposal for your capstone. It doesn't need to be completely fleshed out, but this is something that you're going to work on throughout the duration of the program. And so um, at that point, then your application is final and submitted. And then when our application uh, deadline comes up, then we review everything and then you, you are invited to attend one of our interview sessions if you meet all of our requirements. And at that point, you are doing a group interview where you pitch your capstone and then also get to hear other people and ask some questions. Wonderful. What we've heard is that a lot of people really enjoy working on our technical coding challenge and that it'll just give you a taste of what's to come in the program. Um, I'm working on finding you a next one. Sorry. Uh, let's okay. see. Is, is the decision related to the capstone project that's proposed? I don't have a specific project, but chose my previous capstone, says um, someone. Yes. Yeah, so, so what we look at with the capstone is, like I said, it doesn't need to be fleshed out, but we want to look at your technical ability, your coding ability, and we also want to see your ability to think about it from a business perspective. Um, you know, we have our instructors who love this stuff. They will work with you to make sure that it is good by the end when you get to our, our um, capstone showcase, which um, is an opportunity to showcase your capstone to your peers and to our hiring partners. So I think that if you could just start out with a really solid idea that has a business application that solves the problem, um, then you're in good shape and then we can work on it throughout the duration of the program. Um, another question coming in is, what is your view on doing free work for companies that are not familiar with data science uh, process in order to demonstrate the value of knowing data science? For instance, what's a good rule of thumb for deciding how much work to do for free or how much value to add without compensation? Well, so here's the deal. I'm not a fan of working for free. I, I don't do that and, you know, I don't like it. But I think that in this uh, type of environment that we're in, that it can be something that you can do within reason, right? You know, I would actually recommend that you go on and do some type of coding challenge that's, you know, some type of open source thing that you can work on. But if you are working with somebody okay. for free, I would just make sure that it's limited and that you are able to put your foot down if it goes too far, but it is a good opportunity for them to see, you know, what you have and what your skills are. And so I think it's just a delicate balance there. And once it gets, you know, if they come back to the well more asking for more free stuff. That's when it's time to put your foot down and say, all right, it's time to pony up. But there's lots of jobs out there, so don't work for free. Come to our program. We'll place you in a job that pays you money. Um, somebody is asking, um, what about, would you have other capstone project ideas? And, um, what I'm going to do is we have a link to, we have a blog post on, um, free and open data sets that you can use for these capstone projects. So I'm going to post that in the chat. So you all can look at that. Um, somebody's asking, uh, they have a PhD in pure math and started taking some online courses. Does he qualify? So you have a PhD in math? Yeah, you should apply. And that's great. And, you know, we also have some readiness um, programs before people start. So don't be intimidated by it. If you are, you know, technically strong and you have numeracy, then you will be a good candidate for our program. A lot of our hiring partners are looking for degrees in math statistics. So sounds like you fit the bill. Some other questions about the challenge about, you know, what's required. 
Um, I will say that most of our students have some kind of program in programming experience, um, but we our challenge is not primarily program based. We also ask statistic and probability questions, um, just kind of looking at how you tackle answering those types of questions. Um, even if you feel like you have limited experience in programming, you should absolutely take an attempt at our challenge. Um, the yeah. whole point of the challenge is to see if students are on the same page and on our level. So that will give you some insight if there's some work that you need to do before doing the challenge or if you could complete it. So I, I would recommend everybody attempting the challenge. Yeah, remember we talked about that. You just have to try. You don't have to always fit all the qualifications. Do degrees in social sciences fit applicant criteria? So I'm going to ask you that one, Erica, because I know that you, Erica has a lot of experience with our hiring partner network. She's actually the director of our program, and so she is best equipped to answer that one. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, yes, um, our hiring partners just primarily want to see that you have experience working with data and any way that you can show that in a business environment is helpful. Um, data science touches every industry and we are especially seeing that more and more in the social sciences. So um, I say absolutely. As long as you have a PhD or master's or uh, degree or you're working on that, you fit the criteria. So I, I think you all should apply. People are asking about specific degrees. Um, I should say that we don't put any parameters around the exact degree that you have. Like I said, the only parameters that we have is that you are at the very minimum working towards a PhD or master's. Ideally, as Christine mentioned, we'd like you to be close to wrapping that up. Um, Primarily, most of our students come from STEM backgrounds, but we do have people from social sciences and um, even outside of STEM, we have some MBA students. So I think that if you have experience working with data, if you like working with data and you have or are working towards a PhD or master's degree, you should absolutely apply. You are qualified to apply um, and we would love to have you in our program. Um, I am an F1 CPT student. Is the TDEI program an internship or a co-op? Do we need credits to sign up for it? No, it's not. This is an immersive uh, program and you will get a certification at the end of it. So when you leave our program, if you've graduated and successfully completed your coursework, you'll be um, receiving a certified data scientist badge. And so this is not related to any other program. There's no credits. This is a standalone certification program. Um, it looks like Sean is asking, uh, how do you recommend approaching clients or companies to work as a consultant for their data science needs, like a specific project, um, rather than being committed as an employee? Yeah, I think that works. I think that gives you some flexibility and you can work on a variety of different projects. Um, what I would say is I would go forward with a rate, my own personal rate, um, as a consultant upfront instead of, you know, letting them, you know, dictate that. So what I would do, recommend is looking up what uh, rates there are, is what the going rate is for a consultant and data scientist and then approach them with that. You know, you know your skills and your range and your marketability. Again, though, don't work for free. I don't like that. So if it's, you know, make sure it's the going rate and that it's reasonable for your skill set um, and realistic. Um, how important is a GitHub account? Um, Christine, you, you want me to take that? Or do you know? 
Um, well, I, I would say that it's an important way for you to showcase your technical skills and for people to see your code when you're applying for a job rather than leaving them guessing. Would you add anything to that, Erica? No, I, I think that that's great. Um, I think for our program, we don't require you to have a GitHub account, but I do think in applying for other jobs, that is vital in demonstrating uh, your abilities. And it's kind of like your portfolio piece, if you will, if you don't have a capstone mm -hmm. project. Um, is it okay to apply after 18 to 20? Is it okay to apply to our program after 18 to 24 months after getting the PhD. So I, I think he's asking if he yeah. can after he has a PhD. Oh yeah, that's even better. Because here's the deal with the PhD and the graduation date and the master's degree. We, you know, you're gonna be in front of hiring partners and they will get really excited about you and they're gonna wanna hire you. And then it's gonna be kind of like a moment when they say, okay, the job is yours. And then you say, great, I'll be there in one year. And so that's why I want you to be close to wrapping up your degree. If you're already graduated, that's even better. Um, again, people are saying, I have a master's, can I apply? Yes, absolutely. Um, someone said, mm -hmm. I'm in Canada and I don't have authorization to work in the US. Um, would they be eligible to apply? So you're definitely eligible to apply. Um, with a lot of, you know, our students, we have a lot of international students and they are able to find jobs to sponsor them. You know, in the, the current um, climate that we're in, you know, that can be a little bit more challenging, but you definitely will um, be able to find some hiring managers that are willing to provide sponsorship um, to people that are not U.S. citizens. And you're definitely welcome into the program. And then you could get a job in Canada too. Yeah, we actually have some hiring partners in Canada and the TN visa is relatively easy. So mm -hmm. we work with a, we have a lot of students coming from Canada actually. We love Canada. Um, great, I think that that's all the questions we have. Um, I think we're good to go here. So, um, Christine, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Do you have any last parting words for everyone? You know, I just, uh, again, I want to say be confident in your abilities and be willing to put yourself out there and take chances. And don't, you know, be shy in investing in yourself because that's really what's going to be able to help you level up and launch your career. And there's no time like the present. So go, go ahead and make the leap. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so thank you all for attending. We really appreciate your participation and um, listening to our info session. Uh, I want to remind you guys that I did link to our application, um, which is open till I believe July 24th. So if you are interested in applying, make sure you do so before that date. Um, we're also going to be doing info sessions every Wednesday until the application closes. So next week at 6 p.m. Um, you will get to chat with me, one of our instructors, Rob, and one of our alumni. So uh, we're gonna be covering Ask Me Anything, any questions that you have regarding our program, the application, all of that stuff. Um, so if you are interested in hearing more about that, um, the sign-up should be on your email that you received that you signed up for here, but we'll also be sending follow-up emails to you and we'll make sure to include the link for the event next week. And then the last event that we're doing in July is an info session with our instructor, Michael. He's going to walk you through kind of how to set up your pandas, um, a little bit more technical, quick overview, so you can get an idea of 
our teaching style and what to expect once you get into the program. So that's a really fun session as well. Um, and then we just hope that you guys follow us on social media. If you have any additional questions, you can always reach us at the admission or at the data, it's the admissions at the data incubator.com. Um, and we're happy to answer any of your questions. Um, and we are recording this, so we'll send you guys all an email so you can have access to all of this information um, whenever you need it. But I think that that's it. Thank you all so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. <laughs>